Thank you for joining us again on another Rebuilding the Black Family episode. We're thrilled to be with you. And thank you so much for joining us. Also want to thank you for sharing our podcast with your family, your friends, your loved ones, your community, your network, getting the word out regarding Rebuilding the Black Family. So thank you. Today we've got an exciting episode for you today. You know, one of the... um important elements of building strong, productive, healthy, successful black families and communities is having healthy, positive relationships between black men and women. And so today we're going to be addressing or taking a close look at what it means to reconcile or reconciling the rift between black men and women. You know, we've got to make sure we're seeing one another as equals, that we're relating to one another in a very positive, constructive, helpful way, loving and serving one another. And so David Grant is going to be having an interview and really speaking to an expert in this area, Laricia Williams. And so stay tuned for this exciting discussion. Yes, thank you, Brother Carl, for that beautiful intro. Um, today, we will be talking about this rift, this conflict that occurs between some black men and some black women. We've seen it in various YouTube podcasts or YouTube videos. We've seen it in different podcasts on Apple, on Spotify. You see it in various TV shows, this conflict between black men and black women. We're not here to compare to other groups. No, we're here to compare to one another. We, as black people, using each other as a point of reference. I personally believe, and I think there would be others out there that would agree with me, that there is this level of conflict between black men and black women in, in present time that has not been fully addressed, that continues to uh, maintained to the present day. And we want to speak about what that conflict looks like, what this rift between black men and black women looks like. And today we have a wonderful and extremely intelligent guest to share her thoughts and her expertise on why we m appear to have some conflict between black men and black women. And her name is Laricia Williams. Thank you, Laricia, for coming and uh, speaking to us about this topic. Yes, you're very welcome. And so I want to just read Larissa's bio just to give the viewers and the listeners um, an understanding of who we have here today with us. So Larissa Williams has a master's in social work, a bachelor's in social work, as well as a bachelor's of honors in health slash psychology. She has ex extensive experience in providing trauma-informed therapy regarding childhood trauma and the impacts of being in a toxic and abusive relationship, as well as providing counseling regarding parent-child slash teen conflict. Her therapeutic practice includes the use of cognitive behavioral therapy, solution-focused, and strength-based therapy from an anti-oppressive lens, which will help you to foster insight into seeing unhealthy patterns and decisions while considering the impact of ethno-racial and cultural identities. She hopes to support clients in their journey and giving themselves an opportunity to heal and show up in their lives as an agent of change, as well as to grow into the person they desire to become. She does have her own private therapy practice, and we are so thankful for her to be here today. I had the honor of working with her when I was working at the Children's Aid Society of Toronto. So thank you, Laricia. Thank you for having me. So let's, let's get right into it. So 
when when you hear me talk about this rift, this this conflict, um, I guess yeah, the, the, yeah, this rift between black men and black women. You and I have talked about it, you know, off the record. We've talked about mm-hmm. this in in depth, both at work and of course, you know, in our in our personal lives. You as a clinician, both mm-hmm. you've worked in child welfare, you've worked in the mental health realm. What, in your opinion, um, is this rift? What, what does it look like? What, what are we talking about when we talk about conflict between black men and black women? Like, how would you conceptualize it? How do you understand it? I would conceptualize it as a lack of sense of self, a lack of mm-hmm. identity that exists um, within our community, which stems from the impact of slavery, colonization, systemic racism. Mm-hmm. And the way that men have been conditioned, particularly black men, have been mm. conditioned to, I want to say, almost withdraw themselves from mm. responsibility and accountability. Okay. Um, and been and you know during slavery forced yeah. to, I want to see less of themselves by not being able to actually show up for their women and children, right? Mm. Because they're often taken away yeah. from their women and children and placed in other. With other masses, so yeah. to speak. Right? Yes, yeah. So then we look at like, well, 400, 500, 600 years later. Yeah. And we look at how things are between black men and black women. Yeah. And you still see that um, that rift, that separation that was created as a result of slavery. Mm. Right? You still see it in relation to black men, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Not playing their part in the black family. Mm. Right? And... You see black women as a result, yeah. essentially having to play a dual role. Yes. So they have to play the role as the woman yep. and as the man, yep. as the mother and as the father. Yep. And that creates a lot of resentment that exists from the black woman towards the black man. Mm. Right? Why? I, yeah. We've created these children. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real. That's real. Right. So, so talk to me because you mentioned on the part of the black man, yeah. whether you know whether it's during enslavement or if. Uh, you know, we go to the African context, you know, whether it's during colonialism where black men, you know, in Nigeria, in Somalia, in Ghana, were given certain privileges over black women and essentially then ended up oppressing black women as, uh, or, you know, brutalizing black women as a way of trying to retain some level of power because it was stripped from them mm-hmm. by white men, right? So that was in the African context and in the yeah, Caribbean context, mm-hmm. right? Um, was more so the separation piece. What about the black women? You'd have some, because you know, you're going to have some brothers come in and would say, well, what about the black women? Are the black women exempt from this? Did they not do anything to contribute to this rift? This is what some black men listening may say. How would you respond to that? I would respond to, so I'm going to be very mindful on how I answer this. And okay. the reason why, because we live in a society or current time where a lot of focus, actually, I wouldn't even say current time, it's kind of been that way, where there's a lot of focus placed on black women and what we haven't done or what we are not doing mm. and okay. i feel like it yeah. as a result it escapes black men mm-hmm. from playing their role so mm-hmm. i will say you know black women black men we've all been impacted by slavery 100 and the impact thereof the separation the breakdown of the family of the family network yes um and then having to kind of fill in the, gla- the gaps, right? So black okay. women have had to fill in the gaps for when our men were stripped away from us, right? Yes. As a result, black women have been encouraged, taught, conditioned to be very independent. Yes, outside and of the black man. Outside yes. of the black man, because yes. we've had to play both roles. Essentially, yes. we had to hold the 
I want to say the community down. You, it's true. You do. Um, it became right? a matrifocal community. The yeah. women were the, were the, the central, the mate. Yeah. We had to hold it down. Yeah. And so I will say then when you meet a black man, we hear black women say we want strong black men. And yes. when we meet black men, particularly in the Caribbean culture, yes, because we're so used to running our homes, yes, we do, many of us do have difficulty mm-hmm. being submissive, mm-hmm. right? Okay. To that black no, that, male dominance that yes. exists in the household that, now. That's right? fair. That's fair. So I will say in relation to... Um, you know, what you just asked me, the role that we play as it pertains to the rift yes. has to do with um, the level of dominance that we want to have in our household mm-hmm. and how it shows up even in the way that we treat, talk to, talk at our black men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very fair answer. Um, and the reason I say it's a very fair answer is because we, you know, there's oftentimes what the black man hasn't done and what the black woman has had to do right in terms of to make up for what the black man hasn't uh hasn't done and that's very and that's very honest and very true but then what ends up sometimes being missed in the conversation is what has been the consequences of the black woman as you've said having the double parenting burden having to hold down the community naturally you as a therapist you as a clinician know that's going to create in anybody a form of resentment. That's going to create in anybody a form of frustration, you know, and that's going to sometimes be displaced onto people around them. And of course, as you said, if you're used to having this type of home where the women are to focus, when a man comes in who, let's say we're talking about, let's say a man who's actually trying to come in on a good level, who tries to, I guess, come into that home and fit within this mold, Right. It's going to be difficult, from what I hear you saying, for him to fit into this mode if the black woman is not open to receiving it. Because for one, generationally, she hasn't seen it. And then for two, if she hasn't been taught how to receive it. So this is not solely about placing the onus on the black woman, because we know the black man has to have some ownership. But there's going to be some difficulties when that black man is trying to fit into this mold and black women understand him as equal and not somebody to essentially what you're saying talk down to or whichever is am i understanding yeah, correctly I, I think that you are i think you know unfortunately due to the breakdown of the black family you know black women as i said they've had to be independent yes and they've had to play dual roles and then because black men have been stripped so to speak of their masculinity or being able to operate yes um as a man right yes they then come into their household and i want to say there's hyper masculinity mm, that, what does that look like explain so to I us think that's like over exerting one's power right mm. and not wanting always having an opinion and not wanting let's say your woman to have one as well yes feel like feel feeling as if in order to run this household your say the black man's say should be the only say hmm. right and obviously the black woman is going to then push back yeah. because they've had to run the household. Well, of course. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Decades upon decades. Yes. Right? And they've been doing things on their own by themselves to provide for their children mm-hmm. and the overall community. So definitely, you know, black women has helped to create the rift and black men have helped to create the rift between black men and black women. Yes. But it's unfortunate that we're fighting each other when the mm. rift began as a result of the impact of slavery and colonization. Yes. So, so the Europeans created the rift and we are 
essentially experiencing the residual effects of it. We are, but we're not looking at, we're pointing the finger at each other. Mm. So now there's a focus between, well, the black woman doesn't do A, B, C, and D, so mm. I need to date everything but black. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the black man, he doesn't do A, B, C, and D, so how can I treat you like a man if you're not going to act like a man? Okay, okay, there we go. But the reality yeah. is, is that while we're pointing the fingers at each other and continuously tearing each other down, yeah. we're not looking at where it began yeah. and what's the result and how do we then unlearn what we've learned or um, allow ourselves to be reconditioned because we've yes. been conditioned to operate a certain way with of course. each other. We've yes. been conditioned to tear each other down. Very, very good. That's very how we good. were able to be dominated to begin with. So, you know, Larissa, that's, I think, a beautiful segue into uh, looking at how, how, you know, how this rift that, that started you know, in enslaving that started, you know, during the times of colonialism and how it's manifested over time into what we know as the present day in 2022. I want to know, with you being a clinician, with you being a therapist and working with black families, working with black couples, and of course, naturally working with black children, which we'll get to near the end. I want to know what are some examples, both in, you know, in the various forms of relationships, whether it's marital relationships, whether it's, you know, uh, divorce relationships, you know, baby father, baby mom, you know, baby mother type of relationships, whichever. I want to know what have you, you know, have you seen this manifest, this rift, this idea that black men, let's say, are taking out their insecurity as it relates to manhood on black women and hypermasculinities or black women, you know, degrading black men because they feel like black men aren't being the man that they are to be. What are some examples that you can pull from? from your experience? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, you know, as I reflect back on my counseling experience mm -hmm. and, you know, particularly um, with a couple, they were married. Okay. And they were married for about three years. Okay. And, were they Caribbean? Were they continental um, African? They're Caribbean. Okay. One person, so family background, Jamaican. Okay. Um, both, one individual was born here. In Canada. Uh, okay. In Canada. Yeah. And the other individual was born in Jamaica but raised here. Okay. But background Jamaican okay and one of the things that I noted is you know in my conversations with the the female yeah I'll say the wife yeah um where there was a lot of like passive aggressive hmm. mannerisms that she displayed to him hmm. as opposed to saying you know I need this or when you do this to me it impacts me this way it's yeah. like well why I shouldn't have to tell him and he hmm. needs to man up and that's, that's, I mean, women, we know that we use that term a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You need to man up and yeah. completely disregard the impact of that. Even when we think about the way black males have been stripped of their masculinity. Of course, yeah. And so we really don't consider them the impact of, of us as their female, their counterparts saying to them, you need to man up. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, we have this individual mm -hmm. who feels, you know, so I was counseling them as a result of infidelity okay. on his end, right? Yeah. Where he felt like he didn't engage in anything that was Wrong. concerning because really? he didn't, he, even though he was flirting with another woman through text and so forth and asking sexual questions or inappropriate questions of this other woman, yes. because he didn't act on it, he thought it was fine mm -hmm. and felt that because in, you know, the community, the Caribbean community, where he has his friends and and you know elder elder male saying, you know, I have my main girl and I have my one on the side. Yes, yes. Because he didn't actually have a girl on the side, 
and how he sees it as he didn't he wasn't sleeping with anybody he disregarded the impact of her learning hmm. about his verbal communication yeah with that individual mm. right and so there you see and then even as she was talking about it and speaking about the impact she was, was in front of him she was in doing front of him yeah yeah there was no empathy from him there was no display of regret there was no you know a man's a man's responsibility a lot of times is to cover and protect. Yes. Right? Yep. And we think of a woman's responsibility is to nurture and multiply. Yes. Well, oh, very good. there was no demonstration of that. Mm. It was as if she wasn't bawling her eyes out right beside him. Mm. And I've constantly seen that same display, whether they're Jamaican, whether they're from some other island, or um, another a couple that I was providing counseling, they were from Nigeria. Okay. And the same disregard from the male towards the woman around the impact of his action yeah. um, towards her. Mm-hmm. And so... And was that also infidelity as well? It wasn't infidelity. It was um, his um, treatment of his children better than her. So he, oh, had, okay. he had children... Um, she came into the marriage and he already had children with someone else. Okay, okay. And the children were disrespectful towards her. And he and was he okay with was that. okay with it. And if she mm. tried to implement boundaries, he was disrespectful towards mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And so, you know, complete disregard for her emotions, complete disregard for her feelings. It's like, yeah. you know, play your role. Yeah. Which is to be in the house and allow and accept anything that I tell you you need to accept. Mm. And I see that constantly when I when I'm counseling you know, heterosexual male and, and, and female yeah. couples, whether they're married or not married. Yes. Um, oftentimes, the men who I counsel yeah. have the belief that you should be lucky that they feel that they should be lucky that um, the woman who they've chosen is with them. Like, they're mm. with them, basically. That it's a it's privilege like, to be with the man. Yes, because it's like, it's a privilege that I chose you. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege that I'm staying with you. It's a privilege that I'm living with you. It's a privilege that I married you because I could have married someone else. Yeah. Or it's a privilege that I'm with you and I'm not cheating on you. As opposed mm. to seeing as that's your responsibility. That's okay. what you signed up for when yeah. you decided to commit to this woman and vice versa. Yes. And then the double standard around if she did or acted in the oh, same manner. He, he, he would be up in arms. He would He would. He would Tore he would be up, up yeah. in arms, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way that a woman can engage in infidelity yep. and that be accepted. Yep. And then the man can't say anything about yep. it or can't display some type of emotion. Yep. But I find when it's the reverse, when a man is engaging in infidelity, it's like, you should accept that. You know you know that it's a part of the norm. But you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that also because... Um, in my experience, similar to you, I have seen that as well. Yeah. Um, but I've also seen some women mm-hmm. who have internalized that belief where some of the women, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the wives, whether it's the baby mothers, whether it's the girlfriends, whomever will go to their mother, will go to their sister, will go to their aunties and the aunties will actually tell them, well, you should be grateful that he still chose you, mm-hmm. that you should be grateful that he's still with you. Who business about what other woman he's with or not with? Yeah. You're, he's with you. Have you seen that as well? Because I've seen I've, that in my I've work. I've seen that, definitely. So I've, even some women have internalized it. And so, yes, because there's a normalization around infidelity within the community. Amongst men. 
amongst men, yes. men's actions of engaging in infidelity outside of their committed relationship, yes. whether it's married or that's my girlfriend, yes. there's a normalization. And I want to feel like, and, and, and quite frankly, there's a f- high frequency of it. To the point where, I mean, even in the Caribbean culture, there's songs about it, right? Yeah, it's true. Yep. So yeah, and in a bongo, yeah. There yep. you go, right? So yep. um, there's even the normalization around um, because infidelity is okay, then why am I marrying you? Yep. You should be happy that I live with you mm. and I sleep beside you each night, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so most definitely in response to your answer. So, I mean, your question. No, that's and that's very good. That's very good. And I also want to say this. <laughs> Go ahead. Because we know colorism does exist within the black community. Oh, talk to me. Talk to me. If the wife or the girlfriend is a darker complexion yes. and her boyfriend is cheating on her or husband is cheating on her, mm-hmm. I, from my experience and my observation, if she goes to the mother or she goes to the aunt or she goes to the friend... It's like, well, he chose you. He chose you. You're dark skinned, so therefore, you should be, you grateful. Should be okay and grateful that he comes wow. to you at night. He comes home to you at night. Does it matter if the man is dark himself or if he's light or high yellow or whichever? Does it matter? You know the question to that. And you know that it doesn't matter because that same value <laughs> yeah. system only seems to apply mm-hmm. to the women, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. the fairer you are, the more value you have, yeah. right? So, so, in that same breath, um on the you know on the women's end yeah. right because we have the cases of what are, are the wrongdoings of men and you know I also want to also touch upon even domestic violence in our you know in our um community and the issue with that as well and how even as it relates to infidelities um and even imagined infidelities because I was reading a study and it was done it was done in Jamaica but there was themes that were implicated you know throughout the Caribbean where they said one of the number one reasons for uh, domestic violence or intimate partner violence in the Caribbean uh, of what men, I guess, deemed to justify their reasoning was simply imagining mm-hmm. that their women were being unfaithful to them. So they were beating on the woman, presuming that they were cheating on the men when most of the times it was actually the men who were cheating on the women. So they were projecting their own insecurity. That was actually one of the number one reasons as to why justify. So we're going to touch upon mm-hmm. intimate partner violence. But what I wanted to... Um, what I also also wanted to talk about was on the women's end mm-hmm. for the times where the man is in the house, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he is trying to uh, be the man that he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you have some women, let's say like that sister in your example, let's place her in another context where she's using that same passive aggressive tone or she's using that same uh, or using a different, more, I guess, degrading tone to the man and really I, I, I almost putting him putting them down. We hear this in some podcasts where some of these guys say, you know, some of the first early, you know, abuse they experienced, unfortunately, if their father was absentee, was from their mothers, yeah. right? Where they said, oh, you're nothing but but a deadbeat like your father, or you're yeah. this and like your father. You're, the sisters were berating them. And so when they got into relationships, they almost end up normalizing that mm-hmm. sort of behavior and they saw it with the women. Can you speak to that a bit? Just so we can, I guess, also look at the, um, look at it from the other side as well, in terms of what happens in other relationships where it's maybe the women who are the aggressive. I definitely because unfortunately there are so many um, black family homes that are led predominantly by women by women yes Um, either the man is not in the house and even if the man is in the house oftentimes because of the impact of of colonization and so forth yes um, you find women 
treating their men like little boys. Mm. And that's even in the way that they wow. communicate with them. So infantilizing right? them, as they would say. Yes. And I yeah. and it's very interesting because we expect our black men to be men. Yeah. But oftentimes They're we babied. treat them like children. Hmm. And 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 you know, when I say children, I'm not just talking about talking down to or talking at. Sometimes we even coddle them like children, hmm. making excuses and rationalizations and yeah. allowing them to have not having any expectation. Hmm. I know where you're going. Yep. <laughs> of them to play a certain role. That means yeah. to provide and to protect and to bring something into the household, yeah. right? And I don't remember what your question was. What was my, your question? Dude, my question was um, in terms of like, and you you, you were answering it. Yeah. The What is the side where the women are sometimes uh, contributing to the rift in terms of they're the aggressor, they're the ones who are berating the man, especially if let's say the man, excuse me, is understanding of, the plight, uh, you know, the, the plight that some black women have with black women because of what they've done, yeah. but they're trying to be better and they're actually being actually berated yes. by the black women as a result. Like, and, and it, you were talking about. And it about. almost speaks to like, so I think I kind of spoke to it, but it almost yeah, speaks to, um, we oftentimes want men that will listen. We yeah. want men that, we want men that will show emotion, yes. even though society says that <clears throat> black men should be hyper should present a certain way, right? Yes. So you're so overly it's aggressive. It's conflicting. You're angry. We want yeah. we want um, the thug or the gangster or whatever, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we want that because of the way it's perceived as, oh, look, you have the guy who's the gangster or whatever, yeah. right? But at the same time, we want someone who's nurturing, kind, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But then when we get that, oftentimes we mistreat him right mm. <laughs> yeah like, no no that's, you don't that's know how honest, to handle me you don't know how to handle yeah, me he's not masculine yeah. enough. and even the term handle when i've heard black women say that i'm like you're not an animal right i think I, I, if it was you or some another yeah. sister who had said that like when sister say i want some man who can handle me it's like what do you mean handle like you're not you're not an animal but i guess it's even what they've internalized in terms of um, what is normal in terms of black women's behavior, right? Or what is normal as it pertains to black masculinity. That black too. male masculinity. That too, right? right? That's it. I mean, if you think about it, when we go back, to, I always go back, to, we go back to slavery, Yes. how black men were um, perceived as mandingo, right? Mm, yep. And so that still plays into how we want our men to be. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when... We get that. We speak negatively, like, oh, he's not compassionate. He's not considerate. He doesn't care about my emotions. But then yeah. when we find someone who does, yeah. we mistreat them because we feel that he is soft. Yes. Right? And and what I also have seen is that that also correlates with the complexion of the man, right? So the darker the man is, the more so-called masculine they perceive him to be. And the masculine, as you said, the definition of masculinity is aggressive, is um, you know, I guess violent is this overbearing or, voiceful. you know, yeah, bo yeah, yeah, exactly. Voiceful, um, man that is going to put you in your place, right? Mm. The darker he is, the more in line they believe, you know, mm. many sisters or even yeah. some brothers who've internalized yes. it believe that man is. So the lighter he is, then the softer some black women believe he is. They're like, oh, you know, you're just light skinned and, you know, you don't know nothing or whatever. You're soft. Mm. So that colorism also detriments black men in that sense where you have some light-skinned guys who are trying to assert their masculinity because I know I'm light, but I'm still a man. So mm -hmm. just how problematic that phrase is. Yes. Um, but in summary, what I hear you saying, I think it's really good, you're essentially talking about how European colonialism and 
enslavement introduce essentially the European version or understand or European instrument of sexism mm-hmm. into the African diaspora community and how that you know by by disorganizing the roles of black men and black women that were well established in Africa but with west and east and central part of Africa by disorganizing that and giving black men some privileges in one area then black women some privileges in another area and uh creating conflict by saying well black men you can do this but black women you can't do this but black women we're going to give you this person but black men you're not what that ends up happening, what ends up happening, what I hear you saying is there ends up becoming this conflict of a he said, she said, it's your fault, no, it's your fault. And so when the black man is beating on the black woman or cheating on the black woman, it's because he is trying to compete with the white man, right? I think it's he's but, trying to exert his power because he's been made powerless. Powerless. It's society. society. Right? Yeah. So it's like in his household now, yeah. he needs to prove to that himself he's a man. Mm. that it's not even he's to a man. By himself. Exactly. Right? And so that mm. means I talk over you. Yes. I choose to have, I choose to entertain all the women that come to me, despite yeah. the fact that I know that it's going to impact my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, and I choose to exert in every shape and way, my power, mm-hmm. right? So that means you don't talk over me. Yes. I will make sure that you don't talk over me, even if I need to lay hands on you. Hmm. I will make sure that you don't, res- you don't disrespect me. And I'll make sure that despite me mistreating you, yes, I will make sure that you stay and you take it because at the same time I chose you because you looked a certain way, you provided support yes. that I will ensure that I talk down to you so that yes. you no longer see yourself as valuable mm. so that you remain in this remain toxic in... situation. <sighs> wow. You broke that in over to nice. ex- In order to exert that I am man. Yes. Because society has done everything to say that I'm not. Wow. And then in defense, the black woman ends up creating this uh, hard exterior to protect herself. Mm-hmm. So when she, le- let's say she gains the courage to leave that violent and unhealthy relationship and she gets with as you said a man who's not that and is trying to be a better man for her it's almost like she doesn't know how to receive it Mm -hmm. and so now she comes and takes that same aggression that she needed to survive in the previous relationship she comes in this relationship and she's emotionally unavailable she becomes the aggressor herself because she doesn't know how to receive a man who's not violent it's almost like she's normalized violence right Mm -hmm. so essentially we did end up talking about the cycle of domestic violence in and um, I want to even say, like, yeah, we did. But even in but, relation to, yeah. even if you haven't experienced it directly in a relationship, We've oftentimes seen it in the family. you may have seen it in the family. You may grow up where in your father was the aggressor. Mm. And so then you're now, you know, an adult and you get in a relationship and you say, well, I'm not going to have no man talk to me the way that my father ah, talked to my mother. Very That's good. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So even when a man tries to exert, exert his madness yes. in a way that is healthy and not toxic or violent... It, it feels as if to that traumatized woman, like he is trying to engage in power over instead of power with. Ooh, so I'm going to make sure powerful. that I let you know you're not going to come at me any type of way. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to be the aggressor. So yes. it's a form of like protecting oneself because yes. of what you've experienced as a child growing up, right? Very good. Just so as we come to, yeah. the, come to the end, this is beautiful. Um, I want to know about what is the impact on our black children? in Toronto, in Montreal, throughout Canada, you know, in the Caribbean, in the States, wherever. But just in your experience, what is the impact on the children, especially to the part where you talked about what, you know, how the mothers end up raising the boys, and I'm going to 
presume in comparison to how they raise the girls. I mean, there's a phrase that um, the, the, this um, educator, or I should say this educational consultant, uh, Dr. Kanju, uh, Dr. Jawanza Kanjufu, he talked about mothers raising their daughters but loving their sons. You may have heard that phrase. Yes. And essentially what he's talking about is exactly what you're saying, that we're raising girls to be productive efficient responsible citizens of this world but we're raising boys to be coddled and to essentially be 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 useless bums in this world right mm -hmm. if i if i could be so frank right mm -hmm. especially as a man speaking just what i've seen yeah. we're raising these boys to not be anything that yeah. they should be right we're not raising you definitely you yeah. know in those situations oftentimes young boys are raised to not raised to be protectors and providers no they're right? raised to be moochers. They're raised to be, you know, these, uh, I guess, aspiration-less individuals who just want some woman to mind them, right? Yeah. They want to be taken care of the way mommy took care of them. Mm. So then what is, so then you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're touching on it now. What is the effect of this rift, this conflict between black men and black women on children? What are some, what is, what have you seen in your work? I, I think, you know, it has to do with really a lack of understanding of, of gender roles, right? I know mm. we don't like to talk about gender roles anymore because, but we, but we should. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it no, does exist. It does, and it may not be for everyone. Yes, um, and it was present in Africa before it was confused by the Europeans. I want people to know that, and we had established roles that helped create a complementary society. We did, right? we yeah. did, and it's interesting how when we talk about men and female, and in particularly relationships. We want to dismiss gender roles because yes. we see it as bad, um, but initially didn't start it that way. Yes. And then, and then when we think of like, oftentimes if you have extended family, you yes. may have, you may live with your grandmother or want your grandmother to live with you because you expect for her yeah. to play a certain role. Yeah, of course. So why is that expectation so bad when we think about men and women in a heterosexual relationship? Of course, of course. So, so with the children, I, with yeah. With the children. Yeah, because there isn't clear boundaries around roles and genders, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's been an enmeshing that has has yes. been created as a result of colonialization yes. and taking on Eurocentric norms or being shaped by the trauma that we've experienced as a result of being black, right? Yeah. Period. Yep. So there's been an enmeshing yeah. where we, you know, women have had to take on a certain role, dual roles. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the little girls see this. And the little girls see that. And even in relation to, um, because we, we do know that black men have experienced a lot of discrimination, um, I think it plays out in the way that we raise our boys. Mm. Because we know that the world is tough. Yeah. We know that the world's going to tell them they're not this, they're not that, mm -hmm. they're, and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. Every time they go out into the world, they don't receive empathy. They don't, they don't receive compassion. They don't receive love. Mm -hmm. So you want to be that safe space for your little boy. Yeah. Right. So then you coddle. It's like mm. you overcompensate in demonstrating love mm. because, you know, when he goes out into the world, he doesn't receive it. I see. And as a result, what we have is boys who become men who still operate like boys because yeah. they were never taught to be men. Yeah. And that also plays in plays into um, the lack of examples that they have in the household because so many black households are predominantly led by women mm. there's no man in the household yes so all you yes. know as a male and i'm sure you know maybe you could speak to this not directly maybe indirectly yeah all you know as a little boy is what your mom demonstrated yeah right yeah mannerisms behaviors and the lack of expectation that was placed on you as a young male because yes. mama coddled you yep yep <laughs> and with it's the true. girls 
because mama knows that oftentimes there's a high probability of their young daughters having to do things on their own because black men have been MIA. Even if they do get married, although we know unfortunately the marriage rate is not where it should be for black people in Canada, even if they get married, you're saying that's still going to happen. They're still going to happen. It's still going to happen because we know that, go back to the numbers, we know that there's there's a low number of black families that have black men black women so you Balance, know yeah you know that if you're raising your daughter there's a high probability she'll have to be on her own uh, she's gonna have to be on her own dang she's gonna have to take care of herself she's gonna have to figure it out so so, you, mm-hmm. so, so sorry to cut you off in just in the interest of yeah. time on that note how then do we begin rectifying it's a big problem yeah. as you said it's a 400 yeah. well you know practically 500 year problem that has been created right almost perfected but it's not impossible because i know we are we do see some families that do go against the grain that yeah. are going that are doing what they should be what does it look like what are some of the solutions how do we begin rectifying this rift? i think rectifying it is providing you know as you talked about that quote where you said um mothers essentially black mothers raise um, their girls, their girls, and they love their boys. Mm. I think what we want to see to rectify where we are is, you know, black mothers starting to raise and love their girls and raise and love their boys. Mm. Because yes. oftentimes we place no expectations on our black men. Yeah. And then when they hit 18, we're like, okay, go out into the world and figure it out. They yeah. have no skills to we, do that. They're like, what do I do, mom? And then yeah. because of black black girls, you don't raise them with that same nurturance and love, so they, mm. that creates a hardness. So they're very hard when yeah. they go out into the community. They're very successful. Very so, successful. But then <laughs> but then emotionally, they're distraught because mama, as you said, didn't provide them that nurturance, that love that they should have expect, that should have received versus the boys are oversaturated with it, but then aren't provided the tools to become as economically so successful. So then it creates a lack of vulnerability between the black man and the black woman. Hmm. Black women know how to be vulnerable with each other. We yes. know how to do that. Okay. Okay, we're allowed to do that. Of course, yeah, it's socially but acceptable. Exactly. Yes. But when it comes to being vulnerable to a black man, yes, I, that's where we struggle because we have been taught and we've been conditioned that you can't trust the black male. Mm. He will cheat on you. He will mistreat you. Make mm. sure you have your own. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of not being able to be vulnerable with them and as a result of black men needing to operate in a hyper-masculinity, there's yeah. a lack of vulnerability that exists between the two. And Okay. So right? the solution to that is if we start with the children raising and loving right. slash nurturing both of them yes. equally, then we'll start to see changes in that. What are some other examples that you, you know, if a black parent is listening, I, they're trying to rectify watch, this? I would say black women, watch how you talk to your husband or your boyfriend. Watch in the manner in which you're talking to him. Hmm. Because oftentimes the way that we will speak to our men is not, this, is not the way we'll speak to our girlfriend. I've heard so many black males say like the way that she loves her girlfriend, the way that she's there for her girlfriend, the way that she talks to her girlfriend is so much better than the way she talks to me. Hmm. Right? So we need to watch how we engage our black men. Yes. Give them the space to be vulnerable. Create yeah. a safe space for them to be vulnerable. Yes. And I also think black men need to create a safe space for black women to be feminine and to be vulnerable. Ooh, talk about it. Yes. Very right? good. For them, you, you know, you hear black men say, I don't date black women because they're not vulnerable. They're masculine. They don't, they don't 
um, give me space to be me, right? Yeah. They're not submissive. Yeah. Well, black men, create that space. Very good. Create that space Very so that good. they can submit to you. Yes. Listen to what they have to say. Be receptive. You don't have to agree. Yes. But be receptive and respond to them when they cry. <sighs> like, give them a hug. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Just give them a hug. Excellent. I'm so tired of seeing in in counseling sessions where, you know, that woman will be bawling her eyes out and, and the man just sits beside her like Stationary. she's not crying. Wow. She's not your boy. Yeah, yeah. And even <laughs> so, your boy would need some some comfort in that Exactly. Sense. You True. know what I mean? Love so. on her. Give her the ability to feel safe enough Very to good. be vulnerable so she can be feminine and so she can Excellent. be submissive. Excellent. Thank you, Laricia. You guys heard it here. Black men, black women work in unison with one another rather than in competition with one another. Thank you for tuning into this episode. This is the truth, the truth that will set you free. Laricia gave us some rich information and some tangibles for you guys to work with. Thank you and tune in next time. Like, subscribe, share to all your peoples. Thank you.